Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and Andy and I are back for our final episode before the Rangers start hockey again. I think I almost had everyone there thinking that the podcast was ending, but no, it's just our last one that we're doing in this limbo state, and I'm super excited. I can't wait to just talk about you know the actual games that are happening. Uh, the 28th is marked on my calendar for... You know, the game against the New York Islanders, curious to see how Quinn handles that. And, you know, especially with the goaltending issue that we have, I guess it's a privilege to have that issue if, you know, just given the current climate and, you know, heaven forbid one of the goalies test positive, something like that. But I think in bigger news, the NHL just announced uh, Seattle's new name and it's the Seattle Kraken which I, not to pat myself on the back, but I broke that news back on actually to be exact with it. January 29th, 2020, I broke on the morningskate.com that the Seattle Kraken was going to be the name. Andy, what are your thoughts on it uh, You know, across the board? I definitely love the name. Uh, I was one of the people that wanted it. And I, I did, for a while there, I was thinking, well, maybe... Something more in line with their history with the uh, either the Metropolitans or the Metros or the Totem or whatever. But I kind of went through it. I'm like, well, first off, considering uh, the, the the climate we live in right now and just in this modern day and age using uh, Native American iconography might not be a good idea. So Totems was out. Um, and as for Seattle Metros, it's like, I don't know, it just doesn't really pop. I think they did a good job with the branding and the name because you get Kraken, but the logo is that S it's kind of harkens back to some of the older uh, sports teams from the area. So, and yeah, they honestly, they had a really difficult task. They had to create, try to create something that would feel like it had tapped into its own history of hockey in that area. Cause it is there, but at the same time, you don't want it to be like, try to make it forcefully look like too plain or too simple or something that's older because you don't have the benefit of that uh, familiarity over you know throughout the years to really yeah just to link to that so I thought they nailed it I think the color schemes are great 
you know, another concern was it would resemble too much of Vancouver if, cause I, you know, you figured they would do a, a darker blue of some sort and then other accent colors. So you, obviously you're worried, but it really works. The ice blue with it, uh, it's used pretty sparingly. Uh, I was joking that if they weren't total cowards, they would make their pants and their gloves that ice blue or that teal. Uh, I don't, I think that might look disgusting, but at the same time it would be, it would be interesting, but no, honestly, I think the uniforms, both the home and away look really, uh, crisp and fresh. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's exciting, man. Like, like you said, this is our last podcast before hockey starts back up and just this bit of news and just getting so close that we can taste it to hockey again. It's getting me excited for the future. Not, uh, not a future that's like potential. Is it going to happen? This or that? I'm excited for the uh, hockey to be back. I'm excited for the play-ins, the playoffs. I'm excited for the draft. I'm now excited for when Seattle will step on the ice for the first time. So, yeah, it's uh, it's really seems that today was a great day in terms of getting me and fans around the world really excited for just hockey in a way that it doesn't matter how it looks or under what conditions. It's just it's really exciting. So I'm I'm stoked, and I. To answer to answer your original question, I think Seattle did a very good job uh, considering what they were what the, what was being asked of them. Yeah, I I absolutely agree. I kind of wish their uh, away jersey was that shade of light blue instead of the white. Are you allowed I, to do that? Are you allowed to have your 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 away jerseys be any shade other than white primarily? I don't know. I, that's a great question. I think I it'd be cool no if idea. they. I definitely. I, I am someone who in the past has said like, you know, cause some people are like, Oh, go back to home whites. Um, I don't know if I necessarily think they should do that now. You know, I think a lot of that had to do with just television and it was where it was hard to differentiate, uh, in back in the day. And now it's obviously every TV is even the, the shittiest one is like HD quality. So, and colors really pop. So yeah, so your your team kind of you want your the team home team to stand out a bit, but uh, yeah, yeah, I do think they should be able to take a little bit more liberties with the away jerseys, or at least have them as long as they're you know they don't interfere with any other jersey in the league. You know, yeah, I guess it's a uniformity thing. Uh, you know, off to a hot start here with my first hot take, uh, and just getting shut down by Andy with facts. So. Uh, no, that's a good point. I didn't actually think about that. That was just my own little brain going off on a tangent. Because uh, I saw some people bring it up uh, right away on you know, under the comments. Well, the thing is, to your point, though, you know, it's such a such a light blue that you're not. I don't think you're going to get it confused with any other team in the league. So maybe it's like it still has to be under the certain opaqueness and the legal let it go. And that very, very almost uh, like Robin's egg baby blue. You know, like, yeah, I mean, you're not going to accidentally pass it to one of them. <laughs> I'm just trying to think, is there like another team that could like do that? I'm just trying to think if there's like a light gold or something somewhere. I, I forget it. It, this is, um, anyway, <laughs> but you know, across the board, I like it. I like their logo a lot. It's simple. I'm glad they don't have the full fledged squid on it. That. There was a couple, like obviously the mock logos when uh, when when Seattle first got announced that they will have a team. The uh, people having mock logos, like I'm all about that. I could I can look at those logos all day long, and even they have them for every single team, like what they should do for another jersey. And those people are so creative in what they do; it's it's unbelievable. 
And the one logo that I didn't like was the one where there's an actual like squid crack and whatever it's actually is. Um, like those I thought were a little too much, little too much. And I l- really like that, you know, they have the eye, they have the tentacle going up the S, uh, the S looks sharp. Uh, I like it. I mean, overall they did a really good job and usually the NHL screws things up all the time. So I applaud them on this one. The one thing that, uh, I wish, I wish that they did was, I mean, the colors are great. Don't get me wrong. I kind of wish they went a little bit away from the Vancouver Canucks. Like, I just feel like I was hoping for, I mean, they did a great job. Don't get me wrong. But I was hoping for that golden seals, like green and yellow scheme. Like, I wish they went like a little bit more different. But I did think they were going to do supersonics colors. Although yes, yes. Then, but then it was brought up to me that those are very close to what the Minnesota Wilds colors have been and are. But um, no, but I think yeah. they could have. I think to your point, when I look at this jersey, it looks pretty clean. I actually like the red. I feel like even if they just used a little bit more of the red mm-hmm. in, in or just more of an accent, that it would feel like it would feel more different like i don't know what it would be like if the whole jersey was trimmed with that red would it i don't know would it be too much i'm not sure but i think it might look good uh but yeah i don't know you know who knows because we've only we're only seeing the jerseys right now maybe we get a, a full look i think we're gonna get a full look at the full unis today and when we see that maybe it'll be like oh okay you know now it, it does there's enough different elements that it does look but right now just having that to go off of the the jerseys we've seen initially you're right it is that dark blue Pacific Northwest, it's like, yeah, it's kind of, cl- it's a little, you know, even though it's not the same, it is, it is pretty close to Vancouver, which is their, you know, their closest, uh, yeah, the, rival, which could be an issue. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, it's not Vancouver's Jersey. They're completely different, but it, they're just, it, there's some similarities to it and it, teams are that close, you know, and they want to brand it as a, a new rivalry born in the NHL. You can't have them wearing similar uniforms. You know, I think they should be a little bit different, but uh, or a lot different. But overall, I mean, I really like it. Uh, we talked about the patch logo on the shoulders of the uh, uh, anchor. Yeah, it which be- is also the uh, Space Needle, which I just noticed. Yeah, the Space Needle, which is really cool. But again, I feel like they could have made it like a little bit like more detailed and bigger. Yeah, it doesn't pop. No. Uh, I Again, I want to see these jerseys in real life. They're just showing you the template of them. Uh, so I am curious. Wait. Oh, never mind. I'm such an idiot. I'm like, why'd they choose number 32? Obviously, the the team. Um, so, yeah. Any other, you know, ideas? I, I, I'm, I can't wait for their, you know, expansion draft to see how that goes down. Because, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like if you're a guy that's in the NHL that is towards the end of your career and you're not really searching for a cup. I, th- I feel like this is like the next best thing for you to do is to join the expansion team and be part of history as the, you know, first team to, you know, be the first Kraken. Yeah. And I'm, you know, obviously the Michael Bay connection adds yet another layer of intrigue to that because now you're just thinking about, what favors he'll be calling in and, and on opening night, the whatever promotional videos or playoff videos are, will we see a, a captain Jack Sparrow, uh, 
you know <laughs> yeah or or better i guess the dude who played davy jones in those movies with the with the tentacle face like i don't yeah. you know i don't know i don't know if he's is he did he direct the pirates movies is that michael bay um i you know what no, I, I i don't know only because i didn't they have they uh, i'm sure they had different directors did he did he do any of them yeah that's what i mean i think he had different directors uh yeah I, maybe he's just a producer i don't know i don't know if he actually uh he's pretty he produces a lot of shit so you know so maybe you know i i just i figured for some reason i thought that that was connected somehow but maybe not i don't know oh black he did he did produce black sales though so who knows <sighs> all right so a couple things going in for new york rangers hockey uh before we i'm sorry i'm looking up the pirates of the caribbean anyway uh before we get into rangers hockey i do i do i know it's kind of like beating a dead horse but i do want to talk about the nhl and the coronavirus i do think that the NHL is actually for once doing a really good job disguising the positive cases as just uh, a, what is that? Cannot attend or something like that. They have like a weird phrase, like uh, not able to practice unfit to unfit to play participate. Yeah. Yeah. Unfit to participate or play. I like what they're doing there because they're not making this about, they're making this about sports being back, the NHL being back, and they're not making this about, you know, this is what we're doing to keep players safe. Look at, like, you know, we're not counting cases. We're not, you know, talking about that. We're just talking about the NHL, the game's coming up, and we're leaving the virus issue up to, in, in leaving it to an internal group that I'm sure is monitoring everything. And I'm sure that they're talking with doctors in the area. I'm sure there, there's doctors, you know, doing the best they can to limit, you know, their, you know, you know, try to, you know, provide them a safe environment and stuff like that. I like this. I like that there's no media to doom and gloom, no media to harp on the, the virus. It's just strictly talking about hockey and it is what it is and they're going for it. And I appreciate the NHL doing that because, you know, I just, I don't know. And I hope the other sports follow suit. That's all I got to say. Yeah. You know, it's there. You have to, I was actually listening to 31 thoughts, the podcast and Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick put it really succinctly in saying we are so close. Um, They released numbers or the league's been releasing their, their, their testing numbers and they only had two players. You know, we we have heard that there are some team put some uh, players that have been held out due to like contact tracing, and you know that's bound to happen. Like you had mentioned on our last podcast, James. But it's like you're so close. Everyone just be smart for for a week. Um, yeah. And once you're in the bubble, I don't think, you know, I don't think you're gonna have a. I don't think there will be a scandal of like, oh no, this person was seen uh, leaving the the bubble or sneaking out. Like it's not like. It's like Andre Kosh and Jacob Vrana were seeing like partying, you know, in a, uh, yeah, I don't think it'll be that. I think, I think the league is going to do their best to like provide these guys as much booze as they need, you know, and they'll Uh, also, I'm sure they'll also have handlers or walking around to be like, Hey, you guys need to like back it up a little bit or, you know? Yeah. And 
you know, th- there were cases though. The NBA players left, and you know, they got uh, the one guy got to <laughs> went to go get seamless or whatever his delivery order was, Grubhub, and he met the guy outside of the bubble because obviously the guy's not going to be able to come in. So I think he left, and then he got put like on a uh, cannot play list for five days. Oh, that sucks. Or like he, or he's got to test like negative twice or something like that. Yeah. So, I all, mean, all like for his uh, all for his pad tie. Yeah, exactly. Um. So I hope no one makes a you know silly mistake like that. But you know, overall, I I do think that you know the NHL is, is doing good. It's like right now, it's not even about the virus. Like it's just about. You know, I feel like NHL media is doing a good job because, you know, as the NHL is just kind of suffocating them out of that situation. So which is good. Just give them the bare minimum information. You know, don't correlate any names to the virus and just leave it at as it is and let everything be handled internally until, you know, things get going. Yeah. Yeah, I think once once they're in, I think things will start running them themselves. You know, I think there's been adjustment with everything, but it, it, it does seem that even just through, I thought there was going to be more of an issue with camps. And I thought across the board, you'd, you know, outside of, I think Calgary and, and Boston and, you know, a play here or there, a player uh, missing from some of the other lineups, but it's only been one or two guys per team. You know, the Rangers have been pretty lucky. I don't think they've had, had, had anyone at any point. Buchnevich left, but it was back two days later, which confirms he just tweaked something, you know, and it wasn't. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's promising, and it's. it went much smoother than I thought. You know, and I, I think they're, they're, they're coaches. I'm sure internally some team, you know, either the veterans, you know, if I'm on Boston, like, and Zdeno Char says, like, if any of you, tests like positive now that you're back like i will personally like give you a swirly like i will hold you from seven feet up in the air and i will like dunk your head in the toilet like i'm not doing it you know i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna be on my best behavior yeah or or even if they make a salvo about like hey man like i know you young guys i have kids at home and if my wife or kid gets it, like you know no so i i would you'd you'd imagine that once they're in they're gonna be okay and then you know obviously uh the just based on hockey culture is much more like I don't want to be a problem or make issues, you know, as opposed to what we were talking about. <laughs> NBA players always complaining that they're five star hotel rooms. They're like calling them like motel sixes because they're used to like living in mansions and stuff. So, yeah, and it, it's super funny. And um, it might have been. Ray Ferrar, I don't know who said this, but they made a funny point that like like being trapped in the bubble like these nhl players are like they're already setting up like Fortnite tournaments against each other and he goes back in the day they would have been fist fights now there's just Fortnite battles like yeah. like and they're just bringing like they're more concerned about the video games than they are pretty much of anything else and i feel like that's just classic hockey players just you know all right boys like Let's get some, you know, bush light and, you know, make sure we get PS4 and Xbox going and, and, you know, let's get this thing started. Like, it's almost like they're, they're, this is almost like hockey camp for them, you know? And that's the vibe at least I'm getting from, you know, all the reports and reading the players talking about, you know, uh, heading into the bubble and stuff like that. So I, I thought that was really funny because yeah. they should, the, I mean, if the NHL was smart, they should have this the the Fortnite stuff streaming you know like at night can you imagine oh yeah and i mean to your point like you said it's that uh it's so funny how those old 
you know, the older players are like, oh man, all these kids that they're, you know, now it's like, it's all this, they don't go out anymore. It's like, this is literally the, like, we live in a time where it's actually perfect. You can bring the world to you. Cause those, if this happened, if this happened in 1993 uh, or, you know, anytime in the nineties, it would be much different. I cannot imagine Brett Hall like locked <laughs> no. in this situation or, you know, just trying to like his damnedest to like get out and, and, you know, just, you know, whatever, telling whoever was the commissioner at the time to screw off. Oh, yeah. Gary, yeah. Oh, I mean, especially like, could, like I, we are like the last generation where we kind of were, we're like the first to stay inside and play video games. You know, we had computers kind of growing up. I mean, they weren't the greatest computers in the world, but I feel like a lot of us did have some sort of piece of technology that kept us inside for most of the days and our parents begging us to go out and play. But, you know, the players that are our age, the 88s, they're, they're kind of the, they're the veteran guys now. I mean, you have, you know, guys in their upper thirties, you know, that are, that are still, you know, playing and stuff like that. But I think for the most part, I don't think, I don't think the younger guys are like, they're looking to look at this as like, you know, uh, what, what they were hockey, doing anyway. Yeah, yeah. Hockey camp with their friends. Like, I mean, geez, uh, I, I don't picture Capo Caco looking to like need to go to the bar. You know, that kid looks like he's like, OK, I got a TV, I got a, a PlayStation and I have Internet access, so I'm, I'm good to go. Yeah, I, I don't know what the what the rules are because you have your own room. So I don't know like what the deal is. But, you know, it was funny because there's been a lot of articles about what players are going to do. One one I forget who it was. It was like a, an older guy's like literally he's like I bought a a flight simulator and I, and I like built my own gaming computer so I can just keep like play flights, like, which is cool. Like yeah. I get it. He, he's like, you're, you know, he's like, I'm gonna teach myself to fly an airplane in my, while I'm stuck here for, if I'm stuck here for a month, which is hilarious, you know? And like you said, other than that, there'll be gaming tournaments. They'll all have their headsets. They'll be talking to each other in other rooms. Um, you know, it's a shame they can't all get, they probably won't be able to be in the same room and play Mario Kart unless there's like a, uh, if each like if there's like a a floor that has like I don't know like a, a, a yeah, congregation area where you can still be distant but like do things together. Yeah, I did hear there was going to be uh, an area where you can watch the other games that are going on if you want. So oh. who knows? I got uh, our. I mean, obviously they'll have film and everything like that. But are the oh, yeah. I can't wait to see. They better be making a documentary about this. Oh, they they. There's a million things that the NHL could do. I mean, this is like, this would be classic NHL. I mean, they didn't botch Seattle, so they have to, you know, like the law of averages says that they will botch something in the near future. And you know, they'll botch like, you know, this documentary. They won't even have it or they'll, yeah. it'll be like, like the worst documentary of all time. Yeah. It's like, you know, the, I think the problem is that they'll they'll do a documentary, but because it's it's them, they're going to make it all sunshines and rainbows when it really it's like I want to see like footage of a player laying alone in his uh, bedroom, just being in his hotel room, just staring at the ceiling with the cameraman in the corner and him just saying like this today. This really sucks. Like, I, I don't want to be in here. Like, I can't I want to miss my family. But, the, you know, they'll never show that. It'll be yeah, like, no. It'll be like, yeah, this is a uh, different circumstances than we're used to, but uh, we're focused on winning, and uh, you know, it's gonna be boring. I wanna, I want you know, the I, older guy, the older player, on his phone, facetiming his kid, hanging up and being like, like I miss, I miss this, like yeah. I miss her, and stuff like that. And then, and then, like 
he leaves the room and Capo has a PlayStation and he's like, I'm going, <laughs> I'm going to, you know, craft sauce room. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like under play. just tucked under his shoulder. Yeah. Like, like where wanna, are you going? No, we're having a cod tour to me. You want to play? And he just like shakes his head like, no, I'm going to go grab a coffee in the lobby, like or something like that. I, I, I do want them like younger players to kind of be like in the lobby of the hotel, just kind of walking around, you know, and it's just funny because it's like thinking of a scene where it's just all NHLers from F- almost every team in your division, just kind of walking around in the background, like yeah. the office. Yeah. But then yeah. it's like, you know, a bunch of the young guys are kind con- congregating down or it's late at night and like, you know, someone's going to get ice or something. And then they look and then there's like the hotel bar is is just it's like last call and no one's there but henrik lundquist is sitting there in a three-piece suit like drinking a martini and they're like oh my god yeah over there even though they don't have to wear suits anymore because it would be stupid but like lundquist is not gonna not wear a suit he's you know oh it's almost like if i'm him i'm more doubling down on the suits i'm bringing all of my and that's the other thing i imagine because they might have to be there for a while i assume their their luggage is getting shipped there you know so they'll have a bunch of stuff are they taking like a bus there together? Like how are they? Like how's the initial? I mean, I assume they take their team charter plane. Yeah, yeah, it, I guess so. I don't know what's safer because buses also have uh, circular, you know, ventilated air. Uh, yeah, I think if you're gonna wear your mask, it might. Well, although I, it's it's probably airlines, not as recycled as 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 flighting air. So I don't know. Who knows? Maybe they do drive. I mean, Toronto's what is a... It's not that far of a drive. No, it's what, like a seven-hour drive, eight-hour drive? Yeah. Toronto, I mean, it's, right? it's it's nothing. I mean, it's probably a lot for a pro player, but I mean... Yeah. But they are saying now, like, the planes, the recycled air, it, it is recycled, but it goes through a filter that gets rid of, like, 99.7% of all, yeah. like, germs and stuff like that, so... And you probably have, on a plane... You know, a bus is pretty cramped too, so you might be at more at risk if you're sitting next to a guy in a bus seat. As you're, you know, I don't know if it's a if it's a nice charter and you can do every other seat. That might be the way to go if you're going to drive. But you know, on the team plane, it's pretty spacious seats. So as long as they say fuck it, fuck it, you wear your mask on the plane or whatever, or you take a nap and and you're there in two hours. You know. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm sure they'll they have a protocol and, and I'm yeah. sure they're it's it's already outlined for for everyone. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm. I, James, I think the underrated part of this is that we can finally stop with the speculation because we're just going to see it in real time, you know. And I think you and I have been speculating everything that's happened in hockey since uh, late March, since it started. So I'm really excited to stop being like, "Oh, I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see." Like, finally, we don't have to do that anymore. This is the la- they did this. Yeah, this is the last podcast in which we will like talk, like be speculating. We can actually talk about something that physically happened on the ice. Hopefully, good, but you know. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, hockey really starts on the twenty eighth. The Rangers and Islanders, and I feel like people are overlooking this game. Like everyone keeps having like August first out, like circled on their calendar. Mine's July twenty eighth. Oh, yeah. Like same. I think like, I'm just as interested in that game than I'm actually probably more interested in that game because it answers more of my questions about how the rest of the playoffs will go for the Rangers. Yeah, you know, I think the problem is not the it's not, maybe it's not a problem, but I think the wonder is how do teams approach this? Do you approach it as a proper tune-up and you really, you know, you're playing your best players and you're going full bore, but at the same time risking someone maybe getting dinged up right before the start of the actual series because the game is a tune-up, but it obviously doesn't count officially towards any record, so it's like a preseason game, but at the same time, it's the only tune-up you're going to get, so. 
uh, yeah, but no, I think it'll be, I think it's going to behoove teams to really use it to find their footing. If that means like going balls outside of being stupid and maybe blocking a shot, you don't, you know, you maybe wouldn't be blocking otherwise. I don't think that means you should let off on, on the pedal because that's the only tune up you're going to get. You've been doing, you know, it's, you can do as many two weeks of practice or whatever and as hard drills as you want, but until you're heading into a corner with a guy that's like, not like I need this guy to like hold up for what's happening next. Like, you know, yeah. it's different. So I, no, I, am, I I'm with you. It answer that's, that's the real thing. It's going to answer everything. So, uh, that Thursday night is going to, it's Thursday, right? Yeah. It's going to be uh wild. It's going to be an event for me. I'm going to be sitting on my couch. I'm going to, I'm going to be so jazzed. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And you know, I, I just am curious because I mean, when I was in college, we, we'd have some preseason games like that didn't count towards anything. And, um, and we, we had it where, you know, some of us got undressed after, you know, everyone played like two periods. So you had like a bunch of lines or or we had like, I think six lines and two lines got undressed. A couple, you know, played the whole game, but two, two, you know, two lines didn't. And we had two other lines come in and step in like middle through the game and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, and it, it was, I'm just curious to see if, that those teams do that like uh like uh, you know even the islanders too like are, what is their plan like are they going to dress everybody and you know have a couple people not play the full game like i am curious to see how they approach it because you got one shot at this to get your legs underneath you and you know i can't just like i can't harp on this enough the preseason is like where you find your game like you get the kinks out of you and you only get one of those after sitting around all summer and even, you know, ice availability wasn't, you know, it, you know, was probably an issue for some of the players and stuff like that. So, wh- you know, what they're doing right now in camp, once they get to the bubble, they play one game and then it's the playoffs. Like, it's not like regular season. So I am curious how they approach it and stuff like that. So, and it's against the Islanders, you know, it doesn't matter if it's preseason or not. You want to beat them. Like, I, like I'm approaching this like we it's a must win. I'm Corey Francois. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. What did I just listen to? Oh, f- this game. This game is this game is just bullshit now. Oh my gosh. I actually they actually made me feel uncomfortable. What was it? Panty what? The game has gone to bullshit. Panty melted? Why do we record these during the middle of games? Oh, God. Be sure to listen to Corey and I every Monday. We are your go-to source for the Arizona Coyotes on the Hockey Podcast Network. Yeah, no, I feel the same way. Uh, I also, um, as I, earlier when I was perusing on Twitter, I saw for Fox Sports for Baseball showed how they're going to put digital fans in, in the bleachers. And first off, the fans all look like Sims. You remember the Sims? Yeah, yes. <laughs> and or 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 it looks more like in NHL, like uh, NHL twenty or nineteen or whatever version you're all playing right now. Uh, with them doing doing like the random standing up and doing like the whoop whoop or the helicopter with the with the shirt or the towel. Yeah. So I am very curious because I did see pictures of them building the arena, and it looks like they're putting um, LED panels. Uh, basically floating over where the audience would be. So I assume they're going to either like put 
giant graphics for like if if Panarin scores, then it's going to be like a giant Artemi Panarin is going to come up and do a kick or something, which would be cool. But yeah, it, I am really that's what also what you said, like, is this will be our first what we see? Like, how does it feel? Are they really just kind of leaving it as negative space? Are they trying to fill it? Will there be virtual fans? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's a little bit harder to do with hockey because it's a faster moving game. And I can Listen. see how with baseball, you can populate with the virtual fans or whatever. But we'd also heard about team sending out messages to their fan, own fans asking them to record like you know let's go rangers yeah you know, and all this other stuff but you know obviously it's not there's not going to be anything uh uh you know potvin sucks or anything like that but it'll be very vanilla but i don't i don't know it's i, I am curious i'm just curious so it'll be interesting to see yeah it'll definitely be it'll definitely be you know pretty fun to watch and stuff let's see what they do i mean come on there, this is like a no-brainer though like if you're the nhl like I'm putting ads up into the seats. Like there's no reason why they can't get like, you know, like those, you know, uh, it's like fabric, but you can like you tie it to the seats and like hook it in and just leave it, leave it be like, or you can do it even digitally. It'll cost nothing to do that. Like have they have on the, the upper glass behind the net, like how they have ads there now that aren't really there, obviously like just do that. If you're trying, if you're so worried about money, like then maximize profit here and just and and put ads in the stands. I don't think people really need to see people in the stands. Like I don't think I think people get it. <laughs> like I they they understand that this is the playoffs. Nobody's at these games because of the virus. Like like no. I, don't, I don't know. We That's why if they're just retrofitting the arena to be more of like an in, like a giant panel so it, you're seeing just different things instead, I think is a good idea, you know. If there's little bigger bigger branding when teams are on the power play if it if it gets you know if it changes if it gets like a red alert type feel or you know it's cool just you know it's do something different don't yeah don't get don't instead of getting hung up on trying to make it like it usually is you make it use this as a, an opportunity to make it just lean into it make it different yeah or put like a digital screen of what these players look like i mean we all know that the reason why hockey is not as popular and and, and suffers a little bit is that because number one, uh, the fans are, we don't grow into, we don't get attached to these players before the NHL, like in college football. Yeah. They wear helmets. You don't know what they look like, but there's college football. You learn who's the best. You watch their career progress. You watch them get drafted and then you watch them in the N- NFL. And in- also with every college football game or even professional football game, when, you know, instead of just flashing their, their quickly their little a little head with their position, it literally uh, they come up on video and say, you know, you know, whatever, like, yeah, uh, you know, University of Western Tennessee or whatever. Yes, you know, do something like that, and you can have just a video screen in the stands, uh, like where the fans would be sitting, of like, all right, Mika Zibanejad, you know, is highlighted or something, and you know who else is on the ice. This way, you you know, start correlating the numbers with the names, and and fans get used to seeing that, and they put two and two together. And then, you know, next year when uh, hopefully there's fans there, which you know they might not be able to, but you know, at least there's some sort of attachment. They're like, oh, I remember that guy. He, you know, Fox twenty three, right? Yeah, I know what he looks like. You just know him, like, and that goes such a long way. And the NHL still hasn't found a way to kind of lean into that direction. Yeah. And even if teams are like, you know, because teams have done 
individual goal horns and things of that nature. But even I would force teams to do individual goal horns. And I know a lot of players wouldn't because they wouldn't want to stand out. They just, oh, we'll just go with the Rangers you know, whoa, or whatever. But, you know, if Adam Fox scores from the, the back end on the power play and, you know, they play, what does the Fox say? And that goes, eep, 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 you know, that, like, I <laughs> yeah. think that'd be hilarious. And then there's like a, you know, or, or, you know, it's a Tampa has it or anyway, where it's like taking Hedman's taking care of business. Uh, Stamkos is uh, MC Hammer. Like, yeah, it's Johnny, Johnny Goudreau is Johnny be good. Like, yeah, like really use this as a chance to, in, to your point, James, introduce the fan, you know, just fan, sports fans who aren't familiar with hockey to who these players are, you know? Yeah. It, like I, I bash the NHL all the time. They, they very rarely make a good choice when trying to grow the game and advertise the game. And, you know, it's funny. As soon as when um, uh, the guy from Seattle who, uh, it came up to talk about how, you know, he's in charge of growing the game, I want to be like, like, thank God if this is like a younger kid. And like, thank God, like he's in charge because the older people of the NHL that like have worked in the NHL and kind of just like – we need fresh faces. We need people that are, are familiar with technology, not scared of technology, because this is how it starts. Like you need, you need, you know, you, you need to like be up to date and do things that are different and th- that do kind of seem a little lame at the time, but you, you need to grow attachment to the players. Like it's, it's can no longer just be about the team. You got to, you got, and this like is exactly what Company Thirty Nine is doing, with you know personal player brand management, where you know it's to tell the players that it's okay that you are growing your own brand, like yeah. having the per like the individual goal horns. That's okay. Like we're not saying that you're an individual. We are saying that we will celebrate you as an individual, as part of the Rangers. Like your success is the team success. Like, and I know it's not going to change who you are as a player, we, it just, you know, there's gotta be some sort of attachment to the players and the fans and not just, you know, the Rangers. Yeah. And I mean, some of these stories really sell themselves. I mean, I know he's not gonna be able to play for this playoffs, but I mean, you know, and they'll do this sometimes on intermission for NBC sports, depending on the game, like they'll do a little profile on a guy or, but like, you know, with Keandre Miller, if it's if it's like people learn, they're like, oh, he was raised by a single parent and his mom had to like hockey's so expensive. So she's like selling her own like furniture and wares just to keep him in hockey. And now he you know, he makes it like that's such a, a heartwarming, touching, great story. And if pe- it makes you want to root for him and then, you, you know, so and, and on some of these other guys too, like, you know, some of the, the other young kids or even the older guys, I mean, uh, just. You know, Jesper Foss, if you had asked me if Jesper Foss would still be a Ranger or if you told me to bet on which Rangers would still be Rangers uh, during the Stanley Cup run against the Kings in 2014, I would let Jesper Foss wouldn't be high on my list. But now he's kind of like a leader on his team. So it's like almost like he's become a a quiet but like, yeah, he's become a quiet vet leader on this team and like stuff like that. Like, you know, I think if like to your point, if you can there are ways with technology to quickly show you who these guys are, or at least give you enough of a tidbit. So you're interested to go find out more, you know what I mean? And that's what it's going to take because, uh, the NHL has been on plenty of platforms, television, you know, major television forever. And what, if you want to ask why it's being passed over by the other leagues, is that because they, they, those leagues do a better job promoting their players. And that's, that's, that's the end. That's it. 
hockey is in and of itself is such a fun and fast game. And even people that say that they're like, Oh man, I don't really watch hockey, but it's like, I love it. It's quick. It's fast. It's exciting. There's stuff going on, but why are they not sticking around or why are they only giving a cursory glance? There's like, ah, well, I don't know who they are or like, whatever. I don't know, like really have a reason to give a feel a connect or attachment to a team, even, even in your own city, you know what I mean? And it's going to take, but it's, if you say like, Oh, I know that's LeBron James or I know, you know, that's, uh, I don't know, yeah. pick Cam Newton, pick your, you know, take your pick. It's that you, so a lot of these, those leagues get, get new fans by knowing who those guys, high profile guys are before even knowing, like being a fan of the sport. And then they, they flock to it. So, yeah. Right. I mean, like, listen, Cam Newton, you know, every time he runs in for a touchdown, he does, you know, his, you know, signature Superman, you know, you know, ripping open the chest and, you know, gives a football to a kid in the first row that's wearing like a Cam Newton jersey or, or a Panthers jersey. I mean, I guess now it'll be um, uh, a Patriots jersey. But, you know, stuff like that, like, people, like, love that stuff. And, like, that's how you grow. Like, you can get someone from the middle of nowhere uh, that, like, doesn't have hockey, you know, as a part of their culture. Like, like say, Nebraska. And they're just so happy to watching a, a Rangers game at a bar or something. And they see, you know, people in the fans wearing you know, you know, if the Rangers put out like hats with foxtails on them, you know what I mean? And it's like Fox night. And they're like, wait, what the hell are they doing? Like, why are they wearing that? Oh, Adam Fox? Like, who is he? And like, you know, throughout the game, you put up, you know, things about him and stuff like that. Like, grow that attachment from the fans to the individual player is so big. There's so many things you can do. Um, Like, even stall, like, I know he's got, obviously it's a little late now. Hopefully he'll be, you know, off the team in a, in a, next year, but the, you know, with the brothers and stuff like that, never once did they mic them up. Never once did like, you know, they features like a really head to head matchup of like brotherly competition. Like they did a little, but like they could have really leaned into something and made it like funny and good. Like it's the Rangers versus the hurricanes or the Rangers versus the penguins. Like, maybe not a lot of people will like embrace that matchup, like where you really could do something like special or Minnesota, you know, whatever, wherever, you know, the the matchups may be. Yeah. And you know, this during this, it's going to, cause you don't have the crowd reaction or at least not in an organic way. It is really going to behoove the people calling the games to, to sell these storylines as well. Mm-hmm. So like you said, whereas more usually you try to let the game breathe more, maybe they're, they're not going to just because it's not going to feel natural with the silence and just kind of it'll feel better to have some. I don't know, again, because I don't think they even know until they, they give it a try. Uh, but th- they might even be practicing during practice, just watching and, and commentating and practicing, you know, with an empty arena. But uh, yeah, to your point, it's like that's something that is a, an element of interest. You know what I mean? Um, leaning into the, the you know the stall and mark stall is not much else going for him but like you could say like between him and jordan you know really play it up when the brothers are when uh mark is defending against jordan's line or something you know or if, if they're they're in a scrum in the corner looking for the puck and he gives them a forearm shiver you know yeah it, it's just yeah it's every it's one of those things where it's like every little bit you can do even if it's just like a little bit more in every area will help add up to help the the product so just you know, they just can't be, I guess, to your point about 
old old hockey men who are just resting on their laurels like just just yeah just try taking those little steps forward even if it's different it's not what you're used to like you'll never have a better uh thing where it's like you can experiment and if it doesn't go great it's like well you you kind of get a get get it you know get a free pass because it's like oh it's different circumstances like what do you want them to do as opposed to like if it was just business as usual you know arena packed with fans where they just need you to be on and make sure you're really killing it you know yeah and listen it it, this is like this pandemic uh, you know, in terms of the sports world is almost, it could be a healthy restart and a healthy rebrand and a way to, uh, be forced to go into a new direction, a better direction. And, you know, the, the NHL has a good opportunity here to experiment with these playoffs. And, you know, I don't know, and this is another topic I kind of wanted to get into, um, is, you know, when, when do you think they'll start next season? Because if they start it at, let's just say December, I still don't see fans in the seats at, at that point. So again, they're going to have to fill a void within the game. And knowing that most people are watching on TV, even though that's obviously the given case every single game, but everyone will be tuned in because, you know, we'll still probably be in almost in a similar situation as we are right now you could really grow the game on TV and grow a fan attachment. And that will probably, when, you know, things get turned out better to get more people to go to these games and stuff like that, you know, especially the teams that in the markets that, you know, struggle to get fans in the seats. So you got to do something you have to. And, you know, so when, when do you think they will start the 2021 season? Uh, I think it's tentatively penciled in for uh, December into January. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that means truncate. That's there's a lot of factors there. Um, yeah, because we, I, we have heard that if this wasn't going to, if they were going to end up canceling the or not resume the season, they were we were would not start again until they could have fans in arenas because just of the hit they would take in terms of to just to league revenue as a whole whole without being able to fulfill the the tv deal requirements and all that other stuff um i think that's the plan i think the plan is december um it i don't know i don't know if that part of the cba was if they've even gotten to speaking about what a turnaround time would be or what they're happy with or if that means they're going to just truncate the season so they're not potentially now always on a delay or just try to slowly inch back yeah, you know, maybe contract a little bit over the next few seasons, especially with the Olympics coming up in 2022. Um, but yeah, I I I feel like December is that moving target right now for them, or at least you know, middle starting like uh, training camps in December, and then starting in January. Um, yeah, I you know I think it's one of those things that much like how this played out, we're not going to really know until after we're not going to know where we're at as a country where we're at on the, you know, uh, herd immunity front on a vaccine front on just how states are faring and getting back into it. But I do think that December is their moving target as of right now. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, it's August, September, that's two months of hockey essentially. And yeah, I think they think it'll conclude in, in like the early September is there would be their hope. I assume. Well, isn't it if it goes it maxes out? Couldn't it be the first weekend of October? Yeah, if it maxes out, I I don't 
you know, I think their their plans were for everything, but everything being best of five until they get to the semifinal and then the Stanley Cup final. Oh, I thought it was just the playing as a best of five. Uh, I th- no, I thought I think the indiv- I thought the individuals were when once they reached the actual playoffs. I thought those were best of five in the qual in the in the quarterfinals. I could be wrong. You know, there's again, there's been so much to disseminate. I can't. I have trouble keeping it all straight. But I that w- I thought that's what I read is that the only things that will unless that was just an option and there who knows they might be playing it by ear. But I I was under the impression that it'll, everything will be best of five until the semifinal semifinal or the conference finals going into the the final yeah I'm, I'm trying to look it up right now um yeah i mean the i think the the biggest thing with that is you're already if you're already making concessions with the play in rounds i i think it does make the most sense to i understand you want to have the integrity and feel it not feel random but i don't think a best of five honestly because they've done the math before and the amount of amount of uh, games you'd have to play for it to like really to account for a hot goaltender or just uh, it not being a fluke win is a lot it's like I don't know, it's, it's a numerous it's more than seven i'll tell you that so i think just you know you want to get i understand you, your hockey's finally back and you're going through a lot but i don't think it's i don't i don't think the players want to be in the bubble till <laughs> till the first week of october so i i think it just just doing best of fives and doing it as they're doing it to, you know, but, uh, but it seems that the way they're, they're loading it with games almost every other day throughout the day, they're just blowing through them that it will, um, it should go pretty quickly as composed to some in the past where it seems like just to do one round takes two and a half weeks, which is ridiculous. Yeah. I can't, of course I can't find it. Like I, I type in, you know, every single thing and it pretty much gives me everything, but, um, the answer i'm looking for yeah um either way though i thought you know it just takes one series though each round to max out to to kind of push it towards the later end of september maybe october uh i mean obviously it'll realistically probably be uh end of september i would think if it, it does get maxed out yeah um the there's also one more thing that I wanted to talk about before, okay. uh, you know, we can actually wrap things up. Was there's a lot of rumors, and I hate them, swirling around that the Rangers are in discussion or interested in Johnny Gaudreau. I saw that. I don't. I don't buy it. I, I don't you. buy it at all. I don't think Thank it's. I mean, obviously, every there's always a caveat. If you found out Johnny, uh, how, I'm going to pull up Johnny Goudreau's contract, actually. It's that, not it, about the money that he makes. It's not. It's, it's strictly. The fact that he, he has his play, has yet to do anything in the playoffs. He doesn't do anything in the playoffs because people forget that the refs swallow their whistles. They allow a little bit more clutching and grabbing. And a small player his size that is dependent on, uh, you know, being able to escape, you know, tight spaces and to be creative and have a little bit more time and space, you know, that, and and don't get me wrong. He's very skilled at doing that. But when you introduce a little bit more clutching and grabbing, he shuts down. He's absolutely worthless. And it's, there's no point in having him on the team. Yeah. He's got a lot to prove this series. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, but to, yeah, to this point, he's been a, you're right. He's been just a regular season player and, 
you know, I don't, it's it's weird because size shouldn't be an issue because Patrick Kane is small and avoids contact, but he's got literally has a reputation for being like a, the postseason king, you know. So Panarin's an undersized guy and has had tr- tremendous success in the playoffs. So you just have to learn, or at least there, you know, for him it might be an approach because he might be a guy that's a little too reactive and about exploiting situations that are in front of him on the ice. And, you know, sometimes he can be a little too reactive in terms of being assertive, like, okay, like, and in the regular season, there's a little bit more space and he's fleet of foot. He can get around, he can deke guys out or whatever. But, you know, I think it's going to, he's going to have to really play with a chip on his shoulder and he's got something to prove. Cause when you know, on paper, Johnny Goudreau is a player I would love. But then when you, but to your point is that I, I cannot get past the fact that he is yet to do much. And I, this, this team does not need Albatross contracts right now. Yes. And going forward, and especially because they're the element that right now the Rangers are a very good offensive team because they have a lot of good offensive players. But I, you know, I think the important thing is that some of the players that they're hoping that become a little bit more, you know, maybe not offensively firepower, but like tough to play against, meat and potatoes, shut down, can still drive possession, but are good defensively. I don't see many of those players on the roster. So just adding yet another winger who's good offensively, but can't shut down cycles or is disappears when things get tough. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't, I I agree with you, James doesn't really appeal to me. So, but you know, who knows, maybe he finally has a good breakthrough, you know, break a light bulb moment, but I don't know. I'm not counting on it. Yeah. I mean, and listen, it's, 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 we're beyond the experimental phase with him. Like we have enough, you know, we have enough, you know, uh, uh, you know, he's sample got size. A, yes, yeah. a sample size. Per, thank you so, so much. Uh, yeah, we have a, enough sample size to know that, you know, it, it, it is what it is like. He's he now has to prove the, you know, the the latter. You know, he's got to prove that, you know, that was, you know, that was my mistake. It was mental. And I, you know, I'm breaking free of, you know, this these accusations that I am just a regular season player. Now it's up to him because he's got enough. He had enough opportunities. You know, it wasn't just one series. He disappears. He's undersized. And listen, like you said, the size is not an excuse, but when you're not doing it, that that's what I'm going to, you know, attribute to, you know, and and it's not just him. And for any other player, it would be something else. If it was a big guy who couldn't figure out, we would say it's a skating or he doesn't, he doesn't, he's not creative enough or he doesn't escape. It's just, we're not harping on the fact just because he's like, Oh, he's not, he's not tough enough. That's nothing to do with it. Cause like we said, it's not, it's not an excuse. There's plenty of finesse guys who they turn it up a notch. You know, Danny Briere is super tiny and he's one of the most clutch playoff (laughs) performers in history. Yeah. uh, Paul Korea, same thing. Like it doesn't doesn't matter. Like, I mean, look at Ju- Justin Williams. Like he's Mr. not the biggest guy either. He's not the biggest guy, but like here, there's a guy who who steps up in those moments. Who's not? Who didn't always have the? He doesn't have the best regular season. He's probably better in game sevens than he is. You know probably in any other you yeah know, i think it's the only reason he might yeah. still be in the league if exactly I mean. yeah it's like you know game seven you might as well just suit him up even if he's just you know uh riding the you know the bench the rest of the time yeah yeah it's just you know it's just he one, finds a way he just, yeah he finds a way i mean that's what you know clutch players do and and you now you're labeled not clutch and i'm gonna blame it on the style of play in the playoffs because that's that's literally the only excuse like like you yeah, know why is a guy who's so dominant 
you know, 70 rate. point perennial 70 point player every time else, but every time he gets to the, to one series. And, you know, I don't even think you can argue, I guess, listen, I think, I guess I, I haven't looked at Sean Monahan's stats. I don't know how he fares. I assume slightly better than Goudreau, but you know, now you have, I'm thinking of that Calgary top six. Like now you have, you're, they're going to have to worry about Matthew Kachuk, uh, like they have a little bit more to, cause I, I will give them that they, unfortunately they've been more of a balanced team in the past, but they've only really had like one good line at a, at a time, you know, cause they had a good back end cause Giordano is excellent. And they had Hamilton, you know, mm-hmm. a season or two ago, whatever it was. Uh, but uh, you know, the rest of them, their lineup is fairly, I guess at least our forward lineup doesn't really bl- blow my skirt up or anything. So, I mean, but yeah, reason- I think now, now, you know, like you said, they have Kachuk, uh, Oh man, uh, I I don't. Ooh, I'm looking at their forward core. I don't. It's not really good. But like you know, Monahan's a good player. Uh, Lindholm is a, is is pretty good. Yeah, he's it, you know uh, what they got him for for Rask or was it the other way around? I don't the know. Pro- but they anyway. have the same problem that Buffalo is having. Like yeah. they think that they're better than they are. Like you got to look at your team as a whole. You're not built to win the Stanley Cup, and if you're gonna build around certain players, you got to make sure they're clutch. Like, trust me, I'm a New York Rangers fan. I understand that, you know, players come and go and you have expectations for them and they don't live up to those expectations. Trust me, I understand that. I And it's it's probably harder to find people to live up to these expectations more so than not. But, you know, it is what it is. I understand Calgary looking to shop them. I mean, I probably would. Um, I think there's teams that are willing to take the chance on it. I just hope it's not the New York Rangers because I see him for what he is. He's not a playoff player. He's a regular season champion. I already got rid of my regular season champion coach uh, in Elaine Mignot. And I don't want that kind of, you know, I don't want that, you know, as part of our culture, you know? Yeah. It's like, I think the, one of the, the bigger things is that uh, so much of this is that you don't, Timing is everything, and sometimes you don't have the time. Like, JT Miller is an excellent player now, but when he was with the Rangers, he wasn't ready. Some players, they, they're they not ready in time, and you don't have time to wait. Like, I don't I don't really malign the fact that JT Miller left because people are like, oh, they let him go. He's so good now. I was like, well, yeah, he was also in Tampa, and he, wasn't, he was fine. They stuck him with Kucherov and Stamkos, and he was like, okay, but then they had to move him because he wasn't doing much. It's like, it took him you know, a few years, the Rangers weren't in any position to like pass up on talent to like wait that long, you know? So, but, but listen, it's okay that he finally got there and I'm happy for him. You know, he's in a great spot. He plays with Pedersen, who is amazing. One of the, the, you know, the best and probably underrated centers in the league. Uh, And yeah, they're, they're a good team. So it's like, but I wasn't going to wait that long for him, you know? So, and you know, so I think it's just, I, you know, to, to our point to bring it back around, it's like to wait for a guy like Johnny Goudreau to like, finally figure out how to use his excellent skill set in the playoffs like i don't i don't know i don't think so i don't i don't want to do that uh you know i you know like i think it also kind of comes to there are teams especially now with there's a lot of talk about teams in whoever wins the first overall that there's some teams that have like because they're competitive teams relatively that they might pick like Quinton Byfield over Alexi Lafreniere, because even though he's not as good and ready to contribute right away, he's more of a project that he can step in. Uh, like they, they can afford to wait him. He's got a higher ceiling, you know, but I think it's important. Like those, you need players, young, cheap players to contribute. That's the way the league's going. That's the new, 
that is the the asset you you they come in early you don't have they only get paid ELC money and they put up they put up well beyond their yeah like they're coming in they're putting up money you know stats well beyond their their pay scale and that's like you have to capitalize on these moments because the the longer you wait like these guys have to get paid and then you got to start chipping guys off and you're you're going to start bleeding talent from your team so it's not exactly fair but it's the kind of the, the league we're in now so there's a little bit of a market inefficiency there so yeah it's so much of its timing and so you have to you have to make sure your team at all times is in the heavy, the best spots. So when fortuitous things happen, like you get a guy who all of a sudden turns it around, like a Ryan Strom, or you draft a young player who happens that no one else thought was good, but turns out he's excellent. And now you're going to, he's still on his ELC for three years and he comes into the league as a 50, starting as a 50, 40 to 50 point player. You know what I mean? You have to be ready with the, to have the team around him ready to capitalize on those, when those moments come to your, those windfalls come to your teams. Yeah. Um, I mean, listen, it, it is what it is. Obviously this is, it's the playoffs now and, you know, we need to be gearing up for that. But, you know, it was one of those things that was stressing me out all that talk about them. <laughs> yeah. I don't want them, but I'm going to hit you with one last question before sure. we sign off here. All good. And I've been saving this for the last podcast before we play our first game. And it is mm-hmm. how cool and what are the chances that, when the Rangers skate onto the ice on August 1st at noon against the Carolina Hurricanes, that Mika Zibanejad is wearing a C on his jersey. Oh, man. It would be super cool. Um, I don't know if they'd do it just because it's like, oh, man, it's like, dude, he was going so good. Do we give him that extra? It would be really cool. I think I think it's something that would really benefit optics and the and the team would it benefit his i i worry because his shooting percentage was insane and if he goes into the playoffs and he's it regresses and he's like struggling to hit the back of the net and now he's got the c on him he's going to take a lot of undue heat which is not fair which sucks it wouldn't be his fault his shooting percentage comes back to earth Uh, but i I do think he's going to get the c eventually he will so i think it would be cool i i listen i'm with you that i think it would be awesome i just for in terms of his own personal performance i think it it and and i don't think he's a guy you know because we always talk about like oh if you give it to this guy is it going to like weigh him down like it weighed down mcdonough you know yeah he he, instead of just being you know i mean obviously uh getting rid of anton strawman and and shackling to dan girardi did worse for his career but um it yeah, kind of weighed him down a bit. It forced him to think he'd have to be more of the steadying presence as opposed to like saying like, oh, you're a really good skater transitioning up presence. Like in, instead of doing that, and then he's like, I got to be like the rock on the back end, which kind of like nullified what he was good at. So, I, you know, I don't need Mika Zibanejad playing any less freer. I think he should get it. I think it would be cool. I think to yield the best results, uh, I think on the ice, I think it should be given to him in the off season. But if, if I knew it wouldn't affect him, I think it, the timing would be now. Like it would be so cool. It seems like it's been delayed, 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 delayed. Um, but I don't know. I just, I don't just with the little bits I know about David Quinn and how they operate and how they kind of want to pick up where they left off. I don't think they're, I think they're pushing it like this isn't different or this is like, we're picking up right where we left off. So I don't think it happens. I think it would be cool as shit though. Yeah. I'm being I- honest. Yeah, I see the reason I I think that it would be a good thing is because I'm looking at it as if the, if the Rangers uh do this now, I think it 
almost could put less pressure on them to deliver because it's such a say the Rangers just totally, you know, you know, eat dirt and, you know, get knocked out in three games and he's wearing the C. I mean, I, I don't think people will really blame him for that. I think the you know, they'll blame the environment. You know, there's a lot of other distractions that teams have to deal with. So I almost think this is like a freebie series for everybody. You know, I, I don't think you can really put blame on any of the players or any of the leadership because it's such a unique situation. And it's like, I don't know, like some teams might be able to handle it and some teams might not be able to. And I don't think that has anything to do with individual leadership or, or something. It could just be the environment in which they're playing. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Um, you are a, a rational and smart hockey fan. There are a lot of them out, <laughs> fans out there. <laughs> I don't know about. There's a lot. I don't of, know about that, but well, I, but I mean, like you're you're at yeah. least aware of critical thinking. Whereas I think there's going to be plenty of, uh, you know, uh, Yonkers uh, Ranger mm-hmm. fans who are going to be like, yo, this European disappearing act. I can't like do it. You know, so like the uh, the construction worker that has yeah. a New York Ranger helmet that's yeah, uh, yeah. on the commercial every. Oh yeah. <laughs> I got to change it. I change it out every, what do you say? I change it out every, uh, you know, I wear it till it gets stripped. and I got to do, I got to get a new one. Yeah. Uh, I got to get a new one. Yeah. I love that guy though. That's, that's cool. Uh, gotta, yeah. No, I salted the earth guy. Just, you know, no, but you're right. It's that, it's that, uh, we you know, the, this is literally unprecedented territory. So it honestly, it should seem like the perfect time. You know, I think I was just trying to insulate my, my guy Mika and just be like to make sure because it's like, Okay. It seems so undeniable that it's going to be him. I don't understand all the, just for years. People are saying like, Oh, they're going to give it to Kreider. Like why? What has yeah. Chris Kreider ever done? Like, no, and that's no offense. Like I like Kreider, but like, was he ever done to like step up in a way where I'm like, Oh, this is a leadership guy. Yeah. Yeah. Mika's quiet and soft spoken, but like he gets better every year. He really f- has adapted here. He's flourished. He's look, become look at his individual more. game. Just yeah. like he takes over games. He's an inspiration. That's he inspires the other players around him. And that's exactly what you want from a leader. I mean, listen, Panarin does the same thing, but it's a little bit different. Like yeah. Mika has grown into this position as a New York Ranger. You know, Panarin came here as a star, delivered as a star. It's different. Yeah, yeah Mika, it is different. Yeah, we've seen him grow into this role, this position, and there's nobody more deserving than him. And I would never ever hold uh you know the move against management if if that were to happen if mika just totally shits the bed after he gets the c i mean it's definitely tough but i mean man the evidence is there that i don't think he'll collapse i think he rises to the challenge i mean i mean for once he's starting to be recognized as a top 10 center in the league it would be a an awesome story if you know i mean the rangers are the away team for the first two games so if that if in that game three where they're technically the home team, the home blues on, if the C was just I would say if they had two bad games and then like if they lost two games in a row and it was the elimination game, I'd say screw it and just put it on them. See, if oh, yeah, different. You know yeah. what I mean? Because then if they come back, it's like it's already like it, it's it's a it's a built in story. It like raises his profile, which raises the New York Rangers profile. Because mm-hmm. can you imagine like. They, the amount of content they've mined out of Mercier's guarantee in the last whatever oh years. God. Can you imagine if the Rangers drop two games in a row and they're about to be eliminated and then like they're finally like technically the home team and they come out in their home blues and now that the 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 lighting in the arena is 
looks they change it to like blue and red to look more rangersy or whatever uh, and then he's got the C and then they win and they come back. Can you imagine the amount of content, even if they don't win or they get and bounce in the next round? Like they can mine that forever. <laughs> you know if what they, I mean? If they did that and then put Hank in net, like, and they end up winning the series, they would, that would, they'd be like, all right, we can finally get rid of the 94 cut videos. Yeah, right? exactly. We got something else to carry us the next 20 years. Yeah, some guy in the in the MSG network, like, film can room is like thank god he's like yeah, digitizing yeah. all this old old uh, footage yeah uh, yeah man it would be it would be sweet so yeah who knows that would be so cool because but uh yeah i don't know but it's funny to think about but uh the amazing thing is that we don't have to we, we're finally finally I'm, so, I'm sorry i'm so happy i'm a little emotional to be honest we don't have to uh, we don't have to keep doing these thought exercises we can actually watch hockey i'm so ready i'm so yeah. ready yeah, no, I I am I'm with you, and thank you for you know carrying my hand and dragging me through this uh, off I guess off season, and you know next time we're on the air we'll be talking about the actual games that happen. So oh hell yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be so sweet. Yeah, I'm pumped. I just got chills thinking about it. Yeah, so. that's what I was just happening to me. I was thinking about it, and I'm like, we're so close. Yeah, like, oh my god, I gotta wait uh, a week. It's a week and counting, and we still have. Uh, c- plenty of content in the interim with uh, training camp. Uh, yeah. Like I said, David Quinn did confirm they're bringing everyone but Keandre. So even if you don't see Krafts off in game one, maybe he gets in. He scored a pretty pretty soft goal, uh, or, or a sweet goal, I should say, in practice today. So who knows? Uh, you know, I, I, a final prediction: Igor is going to start a net, and will it'll be his net until unless he falters. Um, we know Lemieux is going to be suspended a few games. So I don't think we see Krafts off in game one, uh, barring something crazy happening. Um, you might. Who knows? Uh, you know, uh, Letary maybe has a little bit more experience, although who knows? I uh, Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe they bring Krafts off and he's only plays on the power play. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Or the second power play. But we'll see. Uh, yeah. But that's my predictions. And it's we finally, yeah, no more predictions. It's time to, it's time to watch some hockey. We made it. We did it. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.